Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, and welcome back to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here with me today. Thank you for pressing play. Today's episode is going to be all about embodiment and the gift that embodiment is bringing to the world and how this practice and learning how to connect to your body's wisdom, your intuition, your heart through movement can actually be incredibly healing for yourself and then also then have that radiate out and radiate out into the healing of the planet and the healing of the world and i truly believe that embodiment is such a powerful healing tool and i've had my own personal journey with really connecting to my body in this new way my journey with body image goes way way back to As far as I can remember, when I was at least in middle school, I remember starting to really have a poor relationship with my body and constantly judging my body and comparing myself to others. I was a dancer and I was also an athlete and always felt like my body was too muscular or too curvy or not what it should be and had a lot of programming from society as well as from um, you know, other women in my family who have struggled with their weight and body image and that journey ended up leading me to being a nutritionist along with some other health issues that I was having at the time and, you know, really learning that no matter what size your body is, no matter how your body looks, that we get to love it and be with it and that there's so much more wisdom that our body has to offer when we learn how to tune into it. So I went through my own body image healing journey, became an eating psychology coach after I was a nutritionist and really started to look at this connection between mind and body and how to heal my body with my mind and then also how to really nourish and take care of my body from a place of respect and love instead of punishing it by restricting food or over-exercising, things like that. And I'm sure if you are a woman living in the modern world, which you are, that you have had your own experiences of feeling disconnected from your body, whether it be body image or maybe um, past trauma and really trying to numb out or avoid connecting with your body. There's so many reasons why we disconnect from our bodies. And here on the Feminine Frequency Podcast, we talk a lot about 
you know, the feminine being about being connected to your body and the masculine being too much in the mind, always thinking, always planning, always doing. And we can really use embodiment as a way to learn about ourselves, to bring awareness to different parts of our lives, how we're showing up in our lives. And in this episode, Nadia does such a powerful job at explaining how this tool and modality can be used for our own healing and the healing of the planet. And I recently went on a retreat to Sedona. And in that retreat, we did a few ecstatic dance exercises or or, um, processes. And I really had this moment of being able to be with the music, allow it to move my body and not care one bit what it looked like. And it took a really, really long time for me to be able to get there to not care of how it looks to others or how, um, you know, it's going to, yeah, look for other people and more so turning inwards and feeling into, okay, how does my body want to move with this music? What would feel so good in my body right now? Is it stretching? Is it is it moving fast? Is it moving slow? There's so many different dynamics in an ecstatic dance session that can come through. And I had that moment and that experience where um, I realized like, wow, I've come such a long way with my relationship with my body, but not only that, but with, you know, not really caring about what other people think and doing what feels good for me. So I want you to have the gift of embodiment as well. And I know that Um, Nadia has some free embodied dance classes available on her website, which we'll share in the show notes. And I'm excited to introduce our beautiful guest today. I met Nadia a few years ago in San Diego. We were at a 4th of July event back in the day when we were able to gather and get together with people. It happened to be in the park and it was really beautiful. And she had recently moved to San Diego and I just loved her energy and Um, really resonated with the work that she was doing in the world. So I'm excited to bring her magic to you today. So Nadia is an embodiment and intimacy coach and the creator of Embodied by Nadia. She coaches and trains visionaries and magic makers in the art and science of embodied leadership and revolutionary intimacy. Embody has been featured at the Health Health Coach Institute, Soul Camp, East and West, Goddess on the Go, World Domination Summit, and many other events, retreats in Bali, Peru, Tulum, and Hawaii. Embody is also being taught at a UK women's prison, at an eating disorder clinic, and will soon teach classes to teens and women of color fighting depression. Nadia's core belief that embracing our full range is the way we access our deepest potential and create space for an embodied union that heals the planet. You can find her at NadiaMoonLad.com, EmbodyDanceClass.com, and on Instagram at Nadia Moonla. You guys are in for a treat. Enjoy this episode. I look forward to hearing about your takeaways. Please take a screenshot of this episode as you're listening. If you feel inspired and share it on your social media, you can share it on your stories and tag me at Amy Natalie Co. tag Nadia at Nadia, Nadia Moonla, and also share this episode with a friend. If you have someone who you feel could really benefit from this wisdom and a new modality, something to help them 
them with their healing or with their personal development and growth, please share this with them as well. And this, this specific, um, modality practice, the last thing that I want to share before we start is something that can be really powerful to support you through times like the holidays and stressful times and busy times. It's really an opportunity to come back home to yourself. So make sure to try an embodied class if you feel inspired by this conversation and look forward to hearing about it. All right, lovely. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the other side. Hello, Nadia, and welcome to the show. I am so grateful to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are going to be going on a little journey today talking about embodiment and intimacy and really all of the things that are your magic that you are here to um, bring through you in this lifetime. And I'm really excited to dive deeper into sharing that with our listeners. So um, I'd love to start by hearing where you started on your embodiment journey and how that even um, like what, what brought that to life for you? Mm. Well, my embodiment journey started at the realization that I was incredibly disembodied. (laughs) So for me, it was um, somewhere around uh, my late 20s. I had been working in film. I was a film producer, so a completely different world, very hustle, hustle, masculine energy. Um, I loved it, but my body was breaking down. And so I had the very typical you know, sort of story you hear about my body just suddenly taking over and going like, nope, can't do it anymore. Um, And so I completely shifted gears and actually moved into getting certified as a holistic health coach, which was actually my foray into the coaching world. Um, But then I actually ended up moving more and more into uh, sensuality and embodiment coaching through the way in which I was health coaching at the time. And so that's sort of like the surface level version. And then underneath that, you know, my journey has really been one of like many women in the world, one of feeling super and having so many different sort of uh, scenarios over the years that have gotten me disconnected. You know, it started at the age of eight where I was like a dancer and I wanted to be a professional ballerina and I was in like a dance company um, at the time and they wouldn't let me go on point because there was something wrong structurally with my body that basically would cause a lot of pain to, to my body. And so um, in doing all of that, like, that was sort of the first moment where I had this like, oh, my body is working against my dreams. My body is sort of an obstacle to my dreams. And then, you know, you get into puberty and there's all the things that are happening with the boys and unwanted attention. And then you move into, you know, my late teens where I was having a lot of hormonal issues and digestive issues because I had food intolerances that were completely um, ignored by or unknown to the doctors. And so it was just like a variety of different things that just built up and built up in my system. And then sort of the cherry on top was, you know, getting into my 20s, getting into Hollywood, working in film, going to the best film school in, in, you know, in the country. And there was such a push, right? Such a like, you got to make it, you got to make it, like you put everything into this. And 
such an energy of like, your body doesn't matter. Like you have to push against your body's needs to actually succeed. And so, you know, I was working really from the neck up at that point, like literally everything under here was like not functional. And I was just pretending it was with coffee and Advil and, you know, all the things that we do to just keep going. And, and late twenties, my body went, "Mm, nope not going to do that anymore. And so that's basically how I started to realize um, through unfortunately doing the opposite, that embodiment was so key to, (laughs) to living life, like to the fullest. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I can totally relate to your story. I also started my journey as a coach, as a health coach. And I think it's so interesting that people's bodies do, our bodies speak to us when we're not in alignment or when we feel disconnected from our bodies, it can show up as so many of those symptoms that you were talking about, hormonal imbalances, digestive issues. And oftentimes that's the gateway to more of this Um, I would say like spiritual or energetic path that we go, it's like the, the gateway or the entrance way. So I love that you shared that. And I'm sure many women who are listening had been dancers when they were younger and there's so much around body shame and around, um, you know, wanting your body to look a certain way or perform a certain way that can actually disconnect us from the body. And so I love uh, your story. And, and I know that the, the last piece of your story was really the turning point for you of operating from the neck up, which as on, on the podcast here in the feminine frequency, you know, we, we talk a lot about that being the masculine way or the patriarchal way is when we're operating only from the mind or only from the head and not being connected to the body. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, as an embodiment teacher, what does that mean to be connected to the body and what does it look like when a woman is embodied? Mm, Yeah. This is so key because a lot of what I've been looking at lately has been, you know, the the new paradigm of leadership. We are in such a key chapter of humanity um, where we are being asked to evaluate and change our ways. And so there's sort of two pieces to embodiment. There is the beauty of what it can gift you as an individual right? The upgraded experience of being more in your actual body, like from a felt sense experience, like dropping in. I literally start with everyone with their five senses. I'm like, sensuality is about the five senses. It's about dropping in and just taking a moment and like actually feeling and tuning in to like your sense of sound, your sense of smell, your sense of touch and so on and so forth. And like, if you just scan yourself the same way we do a body scan, but do it through like a scan of your five senses, that is a super easy way, wherever you are, you don't need anything else, but to just drop in. And suddenly you're just a little bit more here in the vessel that is your body, instead of just in the looping of different thoughts and concepts and strategies, which is sort of that functioning of the neck up that has been so revered in the patriarchy and the sort of modern chapter of humanity of like, okay, we've become nearly too smart for our own good, right? Like we evolved, our brain evolved, beautiful, amazing. It can do amazing things. And we 
let go of the part of us that revered the body wisdom and intuition and um, the wisdom of the heart too, like so important. And instead it became so much about this, like, go, 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 get from point A to point B, think through everything. Don't worry about your heart. Don't worry about your gut reaction, right? Like just keep going. And so on an individual level, it's so beautiful for me to get to watch all my clients have an upgraded experience of life because they actually then feel alive and vibrant in their bodies by dropping in further. Then there is the bigger picture, which is, brings us back to where we are in humanity right now, which is like, if each one of us as individuals is upgrading our experience in our bodies, what's going to happen? It means that we are going to be more connected to the primal animal part of us. The part of us that again, has sort of been like shooed to the side, like, oh, this part of us is not so evolved. It's not important. It's all about up here. And the truth is that when we look at the world, like animals are doing pretty good in comparison to us. You know, like, I feel like if we interviewed an ant, <laughs> like it would be like, life is good. And the, the reason why is because they are more connected to all these different um, primal instincts that they have, and they're more connected to the cycles of nature. And so when we as individuals drop in and now we have a collective group of people dropping into their bodies more, what we have is a group of people that are more connected to nature. And when we look at every single problem that is plaguing us right now on a bigger scale, it is the problem of being disconnected from nature and what nature is telling us. And there's a little bit of sort of a, a cockiness to what's happened to like, we sort of have this like presumption, like, oh, we're better than nature. We are disconnected from nature. It's us and nature. It's like, no, we are part of nature. We're part of this big system. And so the more we operate from the neck up, the more there is, there's the individual and then there's nature. And the more we come back into our bodies, I find the body is actually the compass that brings us back to this very holistic way of understanding that no, actually we're part of a bigger system and it humbles us. And it brings us back to a place where the decisions we then make in our lives are not just about us. It's not an individual way of looking at things, which is how we've been operating lately. But instead it's like, okay, every step I take as a leader, how does this affect on a holistic level all the different pieces. How does it affect the economy? How does it affect the environment? How does it affect um, my own household, my own community? How does it affect my body? How does it affect, you know, and so on and so forth. So become, so there's, there's the, the individual embodiment journey. And then there is, okay, now that we've dropped in, how does this ripple out into healing the planet? Mm. And that to me is like why I get up every morning, right? It's like, okay, sure. The day-to-day -day is fun too, but you know, we're here because, and the reason why this is what I decided to devote my life to is because this, to me, it's embodied humans that are going to actually heal the planet and get us back into a place of alignment and union with the system that we're actually living in. Mm, I love the micro and the macro view that you just shared of the individual and how you know, the ego, when we're living from our mind, it, we can call that ego, right? And when we're constantly just in our heads, the ego always likes to tell us that we're separate and that we're better than, or that what 
what we do doesn't impact other people. It, it has more of this selfish nature, which we all have. It's here designed to protect us and there's a reason for it. And also when everyone as a collective is operating from that place of only me and my choices impact me and doesn't really, not really thinking about how it's all interconnected, um, you know, of course that's going to impact things politically, socially, economically. And I really love the piece that you talked about with connecting to nature. And I feel like that's something that in the last year or so, my connection to nature has deepened so much. And I would really attribute that to being more connected to my intuition, like intuition guiding me in the morning of, oh, I, I really feel like being by the ocean today, or it would feel really great to go lay in the grass at the park or, um, you know, just really paying more attention to nature. And it does allow us to be a lot more present and out of our head when we can take those moments and more connected to to, or more interconnected with everything around us. So really love that bridge and, and, and seeing how the embodiment and our individual embodiment can, can reconnect us to oneness and, and everything being connected. And it's mm -hmm. not just this, oh, I'm going to do embodiment practices to feel my own pleasure and my own uh, deepen my own intimacy. And like, those things are really beautiful. Uh, one of the other pieces that I wanted to highlight and, and ask you to speak more on is this feeling of aliveness. Mm -hmm. So um, if you can share a little bit more about how embodiment gives us access to more of that and how that can impact more on like a, a larger scale, if more women were to feel alive. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So we have just been squelched and silenced and put in a little corner and like put in boxes and hid away and so much of feminine energy, which, you know, tends to reside in a lot of female bodies, but isn't necessarily, I mean, we've got feminine energy across the board and everyone, uh, but the feminine has really just been like squelched down for so, so long. And if we, you know, the feminine is really life force. The feminine is Shakti energy. The feminine is that that we feel. <laughs> and so when that's been squelched, what's happened is we have put it aside and um, we've nearly gotten scared of life, if you think about it. Like, so somewhere along the way, the systems got scared of too much vibrancy because too much vibrancy became dangerous because it kept you from being like a good worker, you know, who gets shit done and like, you know, nine to five and um, someone who obeys, you know, like the different systems that are, um, you know, whether it's religion or the government or like just systems that are keeping things like orderly, you know, and a certain amount of order is not bad. The same way a certain amount of structure and masculine is actually very supportive. Um, but the key is that we're, what we're shifting from is really this world where um, the structure and the order was sort of oppressive and squelched down our feminine and our vibrancy and our life force to one that supports it, that actually elevates it, that creates a continuous container for it to feel safe, to move and be and light up the world. But what's happened is by squelching this, we have lost um, inspiration, right? Like the feminine is the muse. And so when, when you take away the muse, everyone has to 
work and operate from a fear-based place. Like there's fear-based motivation. It's not love-based motivation. You're not waking up in the morning going, oh, I'm going to do this because that just feels really, really good to do. Or my heart is, you know, pulling me in this direction. And so, so to me, it feels like that realignment, you know, no one is saying let's do less of this energy or more of this energy. No, we're just readjusting what the, integ the integrated and sort of re relationship and union of these two energies are in such a way that there is just more energy and life force as a whole in the way that we do everything in life. And so not sure if that answered your question, but that's like where I went. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to connect to aliveness, to that Shakti, to that, that, that life force energy, because when you're not listening to your truth or not listening to your soul and just going through the motions and trying to do what good girls do or trying to fit all the rules and check all the boxes, there is that experience. And I remember it so clearly in my experience before I went through my own awakening of that dullness and this, like, what's the point? Like just going through the, the motions and doing it, doing life in a way that doesn't feel inspiring and doesn't feel alive. And I believe that we, we all have access to that feeling of aliveness. And once you've tasted it, it's very hard to keep doing things the other way. So for me, it was very much like meditation was a big piece of that, allowing me to get out of my mind, connecting to my soul and my body. And I know that embodiment practices are another really powerful way to get access to even just getting a taste of what does that feel like to, to have that aliveness and vibrancy and I think most of us, when we were younger, used to play, used to dance, used to have fun, used to be super curious, used to be more connected to nature, art, and just all of these things that when we were younger, before we started learning the rules of the systems and mm -hmm. how to fit in and how to get accepted and approved of. Um, and I think coming back to that, we all, we all know what that is, have had some sort of experience when we were younger and have forgotten how important that is and how we can really bring that play and that aliveness back into our lives now. And it's a choice. Like for me, I know it's not that easy. Like it's definitely something that takes intention and it takes practice and it takes prioritizing because we have to unlearn these old ways that are not really working for us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, um, there's, if there's no denying, like if you look across the board and you see, like you were saying, these kids, all the kids are dancing and, and singing and, and being curious and playing outside. And, and then you look also across time, different cultures, there's always been dance as part of culture. And it doesn't matter. It's all, it always looks different, but it's still dance. It's movement. There's something going on. And so there is a reason that exists. And yet somehow in the Western world, we're like, mm, I don't know, like, is that really necessary? Like it got lost. And so we're really trying to do things differently, but it's not really working. And so if you look across hundreds and hundreds of years and basically all the kids on the planet, like they're all dancing and singing. So why have we taken that away? Why have we um, pulled it out? And it's like, well, because again, that life force can actually be in opposition to what you know capitalism and the patriarchy like really feed on which is like 
obedient robots, <laughs> essentially, right? That's the short version. And, and that means like, you know, you don't, you're not sitting at the office. Like I always love to give this example. Like you don't really get rewarded at the office for like looking outside the window and appreciating beauty and being like, oh my God, look at this butterfly sitting on this like flower. No, your boss is probably going to be like, get to work. Like, what are you doing staring at the window? And so little things like that are going to constantly reinforce where our priorities should be. And the deep revolutionary work is actually going, no, mm -mm, not going to do that. Actually, I'm going to play. I'm going to step into my pleasure more. I'm going to cultivate all these different practices that allow me to be and feel and express, which again are feminine versus doing and getting somewhere and strategizing to do something and, you know, all of that business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're really good at that part. We we've learned that part. So what we're talking about is actually bringing in more of the feminine and we're, yeah. we're, we don't need to learn more of the structure, right? We, we know how that works. So, um, I'm curious for you, that shift when you started to recognize that you were disconnected from your body and you were in the film industry and you were, you know, in Hollywood, what was that like? Because I know it can be really scary and, and I'm sure it was weighing on you for a long time before you finally made the shift, or maybe you had a day where you're just like, I'm done with this. Like, I can't do this. So I'd love for you to share what, what that journey was like for you to really decide to to take that leap and to choose differently. Yeah, you know, I think that the seed really got planted at some point when I um, started my first pole dancing and sensual movement class mm. as a student, which I just fell in love. I was like, oh my God, where has this been my whole life? Because it was the first place since I was like, you know, really young, that eight-year-old kid where I could come back into a place of feeling my body expressing through my body um, and like softening into my feminine because I was in such a go, go, go world um, that I just didn't think was possible. Like I had just sort of shut that out of my life, like at eight, like, nope, I guess that's not going to happen. Never going to wear that tutu. P.S. Wore that tutu again while pole dancing. So <laughs> anything's possible. Um, but planting that, that, that seed really planted for me um, the journey into like waking women back up to their power through their sensuality and through their play, because that's really what that space was about. And before I knew it, while I was still a film producer, I became an instructor um, of that particular movement. And uh, I just fell in love and was doing that all the time in any moments I had between, you know, running my own production company and working at an advertising agency. So my, again, this was a moment where my head was like, what are you doing? Why are you going to put down a shit ton of money to get certified as a pole dancing instructor? Like you're, focus is Hollywood, you know, and something in me, like, again, that was like that, that tug of the heart that we all have that isn't rational where I was like, no, I don't know. I just really want to do it. And it ended up being the, the seed of everything, because if I hadn't gotten that training and learned about the stories that exist in every woman's body, cause that's what we really worked with uh, at the time, um, 
in that studio was pulling out the story that each body would tell when she danced. And I became fascinated. I fell in love with the way that bodies were telling their stories. And it was through that, that it like creeped into my health coaching. And then it, in, in the end, it all just became one, you know, when I, when I ended up birthing my own um, movement experience, which is called embody, right? I, I moved into like really bringing all these different pieces together um, to allow women to be able to explore these different facets of them and to be able to, what I like to think of as strip away these three messages that these universal messages that I kept seeing coming up over and over again in all my conversations with my clients. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, to me, it was really, it was really there that everything started. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I think that'll be super valuable for women who are feeling that tug and being like, I don't know even how to do this. And what I really want to emphasize is that you, you listened to it and you followed it, even though it didn't make sense. And from there you birthed your, your soul calling. And sometimes those first inklings don't make sense. They make no rational sense at all. And if we can just follow one breadcrumb at a time and take one little piece of magic and follow it, then it will lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And eventually it will be the only thing that makes sense because everything else isn't your truth, you know? So, um, thank you for following that, that, that calling within you. And I know that it, it feels really challenging in the world that we live in to actually do that. Yeah. Um, and now you have such a huge impact and, and make such a big difference in it for so many other women, bringing them, awakening them to their bodies. So um, thank you for, for sharing your journey and for, for making those choices for yourself. Mm, I'd love to hear about the three messages you've talked about, you know, some recurring themes that you were seeing that the body is here to teach us. So love to hear more about what those are. If you want to give us a little overview of those. Yeah, I'd love to. So they're very simple. There is the message that pleasure is dangerous, right? Or the erotic is dangerous. Um, The idea that play is unproductive and the idea that emotionality is weak. Mm. And these three in slightly different versions, right? Keep coming up over and over again in my coaching practice, in um, the work I was doing even before I became a coach in the central movement, um, in discussions with my, my friends and colleagues, right? This, um, these are in a way the three messages, which by the way, affect also like, it's not just women or women identifying folks. Like it literally affects everyone. Cause it's sort of the patriarchal, like toxic messages. Um, but in this space, you know, we're working with really pulling away uh, and stripping off. It's sort of this rec- I see it as a dance of reclamation, right. Where we're going, no, actually I'm not gonna, you know, believe the story of the play is unproductive. And I, I don't, believe that my emotionality is weak and I don't believe that my pleasure and sensuality are dangerous. Um, But of course, you know, it's one thing to do the mindset work and it's another thing to integrate it into your cells. And so what I love about Embody is that, you know, I love mindset work. So I'm doing that all the time. I, you know, it's part of my coaching practice, of course, it's it's basically impossible to be a coach and not do mindset work, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think there's also, a, again, certain wisdom in the body and in our nervous system that is much harder to go in and rewire um, when we're just working with like sort of the neocortex or just like a certain piece of our, our brain. And we need to really address, you know, what's going on in re the reptilian part of our brain, the part that feels unsafe, because all those messages are about, are connected to to a feeling of unsafety, right? And mm -hmm. so when we move into it, when we start to practice um, really embodying these different energies in a safe space, first, you know, with ourselves and maybe with a group of women, and then eventually we get to take that out into the world, it's a great way to sort of baby step your nervous system back to a place of, oh, it's actually okay for me to touch my own body and appreciate my curves and celebrate like my lusciousness, for example, which can feel really, really scary for a lot of people. I know it was for me when I first started. Um, for some of us, it's play. I'm like, oh my God, play took me forever because I just grew up so serious. Everything had to be serious, you know? And so, and for others, it's about getting into your heart and dropping into your womb space and really cultivating what I like to think of like this fierce feminine storm within you that can, that's so incredibly powerful. And so with Embody, we've got these three different archetypes that I think of as like the inner, our inner army that help us reclaim um our bodies out and, and move away from these messages that have been ingrained in our like cells and in our DNA, like not even just in our lifetime, but like, you know, mm. across, across um, different generations. And so, yeah, that's, that's sort of how the, the class came about. And um, it, it's so beautiful to watch it meet people wherever they are, you know, which is first for some of us, it's like that first time, even like touching our own skin and that feels difficult for some of us. We've been doing that for a really long time, but we get to like drop into something even deeper. Um, so yeah. Mm, so juicy. I love all three of them. I, and I know that I can resonate with them and, and that these are such clear patterns as you shared them. It's like, yeah, this is what we're carrying as women in our bodies. And um, I had a guest on, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we talked about like, you know, we have 5% of our mind is our conscious mind. And that's actually what's in our brain. And that 95% of our mind is our subconscious mind, which actually lives in our body, which is really amazing. So of course, as we start to practice movement and start to actually change the nervous system through feeling safer within our sensuality and all of that is going to start to change these underlying beliefs that aren't serving us that we've just been, that have been ingrained in us. So using movement, because there is only so much we can do with the mind, right? And mm. I think it's, obviously the foundation, if we don't intellectually understand it, it's hard to actually make the changes. So I think that the mindset work is so important. And then these deeper modalities can, can really help to make the, I, I love the word embody. I actually have a group called embody your confidence because it, it is about becoming that next level version of yourself and embodying the change versus just intellectualizing it, which a lot of people do through reading and listening to podcasts and they know all the information, but they're not actually living it or feeling it or being it. And that's why I love the modalities of embodiment, whether it's through breath work or dance or, you know, different format forms of embodiment practices. So thank you for sharing about your formula and, um, 
yeah, the, the foundation for the work that you do. Oh, so for women who want to learn more about Embody and continue learning from you, where can they find you? And what do you currently have available for someone who wants to explore this journey? Um, thank you for asking. So my website is just my full name, nadiamunla.com. So all the information and whatever I'm, I happen to be working on at the moment is usually highlighted there and, you know, we're under work with me and, um, what I also have been hanging out mainly on Instagram. So that's also just my name and love to see you there. I just mm -hmm. like to mess around on stories a lot. <laughs> that's the funnest part for me. And um, we currently have one thing that we're, we've got going in the community right now is um, there is the Embody Collective, which is a beautiful community uh, that's coming together once a week to do a 90 minute um, session together. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's other teachers that I have trained and um, we have different themes and the idea is to really integrate both coaching and sister circling along with actual movement in each session. And so we have an ongoing 30 day free trial for anyone who's new. So you can always um, check that out if you go to my Instagram. Um, we're constantly talking about it there. So you'll find that in the link in my bio, or probably I'll be talking about it in stories because that's what I'm always doing. <laughs> um, but we would love to see you there because it's a great way to come sample. And, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, you can always um, unsubscribe before. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, that's a beautiful offering and I love the community aspect of it. And we'll make sure to link your website in the show notes today and so that everyone can find you. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up for today? No, oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode with the lovely Nadia Moonla. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes or the podcast app that you're on right now and leave a rating and a review. That would be amazing and it would mean the world to me. It would also help more women around the world to get access to this information. And I want to say thank you for spending your time with us today and for soaking in this wisdom. I know that you doing your own inner work is going to be the key to transformation in the world. So thank you for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and we'll see you soon.